0: Hi, this is Joe Cook. In our previous episode, Chris and I had a lengthy discussion about reboots, revivals, sequels, legacy sequels, whatever you want to call them. Well, today's show is a continuation of that discussion. So there's going to be a handful of references to our last episode. While it isn't absolutely necessary, we do recommend checking out Episode 6, Reboots and Revivals, before continuing with today's show. This is the Nostalgic Future Podcast, where the past is the only way forward. We're two guys in
1: our 40s watching the world pass us by, and we know the only way we'll ever be relevant again is to somehow convince everyone to be as passionate as we are about our pop culture obsessions.
0: We're your hosts, Joe Cook and Chris Marchand, and today is part two of our In the News Special Report, Reboots and Revivals.
1: Okay, so... We want to get into just a couple of shows as as a maybe our slight deep dive, uh, you know. In some ways, our first half of our of the episode is focused a lot on Star Wars and and something we truly love, and maybe we're wrestling with how it's going to continue onward. But let's talk about two other kind of mega franchises a little bit. One of them, Joe, that you and I really grew up with a lot, but you've you've actually been with more recently than i have like i haven't seen much of the new version of this a little bit i have and then another thing which is another franchise which i'm honestly really not that invested in but i do have fun when i watch it so you're going to talk about mystery science theater 3000 and i'm going to talk about top gun <laughs> as different as those two things are <laughs> mystery science theater are actually probably uh, what is it uh, Rift tracks has done a funny version of top gun haven't they
0: I'm sure they have to have at this point, but uh I haven't you know, Rift Tracks, I've seen a handful of Rift Tracks movies, but they've their output has been just so much in the last, you know, Rift Tracks has been around for about 15-16 years now, and uh they've just put out so much that I'll never watch everything that they've done. It's just I, I just have come to accept that that's just gonna be the case. But Mystery Science Theater, when they rebooted it. I, you know, I was pretty excited when it came back to Netflix, you know, s- several years back. They did a couple seasons over there. Now, did you watch any of it on Netflix? First?
1: I did. I watched a few episodes and, and generally enjoyed myself. But also, you know, it didn't quite feel as funny as maybe uh, Joel. And, and that's maybe where it comes down to for me is like, I'm a Joel guy
0: and uh, I, I love him. I love his version of it. And I'm a Joel and Mike guy. I loved Joel and Mike yeah. uh, back in the day. Loved him. Yeah the entire original series to me is like just darn near perfect. I wasn't crazy about it when it came to Netflix. It was, and and I, I will just chalk it up to me being old and set in my ways. And you know, who are these new people? I want to Joel back and, you know, being a little bit disappointed. It got a little bit better in the second season. And then, then it was canceled. Netflix, you know, decided not to pick it back up for a third season and they, did what you do now when you really want to make a show and there's no network there for you. They went to Kickstarter and for mystery science theater, Kickstarter is probably the perfect platform, the perfect opportunity for them because they were able to, and this was their second Kickstarter. They actually relaunched on Netflix through a successful Kickstarter that had their first season over there made. They went back to Kickstarter and they funded, it was a pretty amazing success. Their minimum you know, goal was $2 million. They reached it in a day. They wound up with like $6.5 million to make an entire new season of Mystery Science Theater, season 13. And in order to do this, they have built their own streaming service called the Gizmoplex. And it's really fun. So I I did back the Kickstarter campaign. Um, My son and I love Mystery Science Theater. It's, you know, one of these things that i've shared with him that we've really been able to bond over totally it it like it's his sense of humor right there that show so we love it so a few months back in fact the day that we were taping our origin story episode chris was the day that they previewed the new season for kickstarter backers in the not too distant future next sunday afternoon the evil plan was the
1: gizmoplex a twisted scheme based on stolen specs now she's pulling the strings from the old moon base and she's back to her experiments with prisoners out in
0: space and we have been watching every month since and they're now i think we've watched five of the new episodes and it's really interesting what they're doing this season because they brought jonah ray back the entire netflix cast is back. Patton Oswalt, everybody, Felicia Day, they're all back. But they've also kind of split it up into multiple casts. And it's really an interesting move. They have a new host, Emily Marsh, who Joey and I, uh, we actually saw her on tour with Joel like two and a half years ago. So she's been on the road with the uh, Mystery Science Theater live tours for a few years now they've actually brought her in as a host and you know the storyline on mystery science theater was never super important like you know what was uh, you yeah know, but there was always kind of a a plot or something going on with uh, joel and the bots and the mads and all of that there is sort of a storyline been unfolding this season and they're explaining why there's more than one host and Then the big deal this season that one of their stretch goals on the Kickstarter was if they hit a certain tier, Joel Hodgson was going to come back and do a couple episodes as Joel Robinson. This is his first time, I think since like 1993, that he's going to be in the theater riffing with Tom Servo and Crow. So to me, like that was reason enough right there to back the Kickstarter. Even if it was like one episode, I just wanted to see Joel Riff again. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Robinson. This Friday I'll be hosting my first brand new episode of MST3K since 1993. 2019's The Demon Squad. Imagine Ghostbusters if it was filmed at one of those haunted
2: houses
1: sponsored by the Rotary Club.
2: In the summertime, and everyone is sticky and irritable.
0: (laughs) Right, see you Friday in the Gizmoplex. Demon Squad. Premieres live June 24th. So there are three hosts this season. They're doing, I think they're going to do a Christmas special that's going to have all three of them together riffing. All of the hosts except Mike. I feel kind of, I feel like Mike has been left out and I feel sad about that. But, you know, anyway, all that to say, we have been watching Mystery Science Theater now every month. They do these live events. And what I really, really like about this, as opposed to how they did it on Netflix, to me, Mystery Science Theater never really worked on Netflix and I didn't understand why until they launched the Gizmoplex. And I get it. Mystery Science Theater for me is one of those shows that is a shared experience show. And when you're watching the show on Netflix and you're just binging one after another, you're not really sharing that with a community of fans. But now what they do is they release every new episode as a live event. So once a month on a Friday night, There is a live streaming event in the Gizmoplex, and they debut the new episode. And there's something about knowing, just knowing you're watching it at the same time that every other fan is watching it, that somehow makes it more fun. And I can't explain why that is, but I feel like this is like the Mystery Science Theater I grew up watching. Because, you know, I would watch an episode and my friend, you know, across town would watch it. And then we would talk about it in school the next day. Hey, did you see Mystery Science Theater, you know, yesterday? And we, we could have that conversation. Now, even on social media, there is this almost sense of community where people are live tweeting during the shows. And it's the shared experience that we're all engaging in. And to me, it just works so much better than Netflix for this kind of a show. I'm loving it. We're having a great time with it. They do two live events a month. They're doing a new episode every month. And then in the, like they do an old episode in the middle, like two weeks later, they'll do a live streaming where they stream an old episode, but then they'll run like a new short and they'll have like new bits and stuff that they produce as like host segments for the old episode. It's just fun. It's really fun. We've watched every event they've done and we've had a blast. That's not to say... There aren't moments where, you know, grumpy old Joe doesn't rear his head there because there are still, you know, I I still, like you said, you're a Joel guy, right, Chris? Sure, yeah. So there's something about like, you know, our cast that we grew up with, you know, that is just like special to us and it can never quite be the same. What I'm going to say is that I really never took to Jonah Ray as a host until now. I really feel like they've gotten into a groove that feels like the spirit of old mystery science theater to me. And so I I actually really want to just give them a lot of credit that Netflix crew, the the other crew, the, there's, cause there's two, like I said, it's confusing, but completely different casts that, you know, so depending on the movie, even the voices of the bots are different. Mm. And so that's one of the things I want to talk about, like maybe like one of the more I hate using the word controversial things, but one of the, you know, maybe questionable decisions that they made this season is that one of the crow robots has a drastically different voice than any other crow that has ever come before. And it is super, super cartoony. Now, crow always had like a cartoony voice, but I mean like Hanna-Barbera, 1961 cartoony, like really over the top sounding voice. And like, I struggle to like, not say anything when we're sitting there watching it, because there are times where I just want to go, Oh gosh, that voice. can't believe I'm really here in the simulator of love simulating. I'm on the satellite of love.
2: Uh, you full enthusiasm. Uh, crow, please. This place needs a jolt of naive energy.
0: Yeah. Wow. These simulator bots have already absorbed the behavior of Jonah's bots within seconds. And your point? That's not going to be problematic.
2: I'll tell you what's problematic. Your soul's going to get crushed within seconds.
0: But then I'm trying to remind myself, you know what, Joe? When they switched to Mike, you had a hard time with that, too. And when they switched to Jonah, you had a hard time with that, too. But, you know, you just give it time, give it time. Things change. You can't always go home again. Not everything is going to be the same that way you like it. So I'm trying to, like, you know, I'm trying to sort of temper my, you know, right. my my instincts to gripe about these these little changes, which are, let's be honest, not really a big deal. And so, like, you know, to quote the theme song, I, I just repeat to myself, it's it's just a show, and I should really just relax. <laughs>
1: It does say that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, is it making you laugh? I mean, you know, are you finding yourself laughing?
0: Oh my gosh, man! Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they've done, like I said, five episodes. The first four of them, I would say every one of those episodes was laugh out loud, hysterical. There was one. Uh, there's a Gremlins rip off movie called Munchie uh, <laughs> that they did. That was, I mean, one of the funniest. MST3Ks I've ever seen. I mean, of any era. Life's not looking so great for Gage. I, wish I was dead. To be
2: or not to be. Arriba! Until... Who said that? Me, I did, pal. I'm your new friend. I help, I dazzle, I make better.
0: Roger Corman and New Horizons Home Video bring you the family fantasy adventure, Munchie, The all-star sequel to the video blockbuster, Munchies. Magical, mystical. Bungie. it was hilarious now they did a dr strange ripoff called dr mordred last week <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I gotta be honest with you it was the first time all year i found myself scrolling through my phone while it was on okay the movie was so boring and so bad like you know like when a movie in mystery science theater is bad but they make it great Sure. Which is like most of the time. But every once in a while, even on classic mystery science theater, there would be a movie that was so bad that even the episode kind of suffered because of it. Yeah. That was one of those for me. The the movie was so boring that I, I just couldn't quite get into it. And it was the new cartoony Crow you know, so that, that was already working against me. And, and, but it picked up, I thought like the last quarter of the movie was pretty good. not the movie, but the the show, you know, is it perfect? No, but here's what I'm saying. Like I'm a 41 year old, old man on a podcast complaining about the voice of a puppet. (laughs) So I, I guess what I'm saying is crow T robot. If you're listening, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have to accept that you know, like there is a certain ridiculousness in in how passionate we get about you know, you know our cartoons or our sci-fi or our you know our Star Wars, whatever it is, we get very possessive of it. And I think you know one of the things about this show that we've been trying to do in some ways is learn to let go a little bit because yeah. we are obsessed so badly with so many things. Yeah. And so with mystery science theater, to me. I have been approaching this as, you know, trying to be very zen about it and let go of, uh, of, you know, some of that passion and just enjoy it for what it is. My son loves it. There you go. He's having a great time with it. And I'm enjoying sharing that with him. Mystery Science Theater is probably my favorite. Uh, no, no. Better Call Saul is still better. But, but it's my second favorite thing that I'm watching this year
1: two things i have two things so have you ever heard of there's there's this term that kind of describes what you're talking about now of course it, this often refers to like real celebrities but they're called parasocial relationships you ever heard about that you ever heard that term i have not it's basically when people like us like you know joe i have a best friend his name is tom hanks uh i talk to him quite frequently i say tom Oh, you know, like like a parasocial relationship is like, like, let's say Tom Hanks were to divorce his wife, and I'd be like, can you believe he did that? And like I I've invested all of my emotional energy into somebody that is not actually in my life. What if somebody steps on his wife?
0: <laughs> you, have you seen that video? No, no, I haven't. Oh that. good. Oh my goodness you got to google this uh as we're recording this like yesterday the big story was that a paparazzi guy accidentally like walked into rita wilson and tom hanks went off on him (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know woody like dropping the f-bomb it was oh my gosh
1: i'll have to watch that (laughs) well you know what tom was justified in whatever he did now okay so he kind of was. I haven't heard
0: anybody say that, you know, he wasn't justified. He wasn't
1: justified. Now, the, the thing is, is on my end, it's like, why do I care? You know, like, and it's kind of funny. You're kind of, you have a parasocial relationship to Crow. You know, you're like, all right. You know what, Joe, Crow is his own robot. He, you got to give him his space. Got to have proper boundaries in, in this parasocial relationship
0: here. It's a little, <laughs> it, it, it seems like a bit of a codependent relationship.
1: Codependent, you're codependent, you're Crow-dependent.
0: Oh, that was beautiful there you go there you go
1: okay the second thing that I would...
0: let's just end it right there there's nothing you will say the rest of the show that'll be that great
1: i'm out i'm out i'm out jerry <laughs>
0: uh the second
1: thing that i wanted to say because i don't know when we're going to talk about mystery science theater again is i might owe my marriage to mystery science theater
0: you hinted at this in I think it was our origin story episode and I am intrigued. So I want to hear this story. It's
1: actually behind me here. Where's it at? Uh, I do
0: have a a couple of box
1: mystery science theater box sets here. Oh, great. And, uh, but what happened was, is I was beginning to like this girl, this young woman, and we were at like a bunch of friends houses, you know, like we were just gather at a friend's house and this young woman that I was starting to get a crush on, she, had this new DVD and it was Mitchell, Mitchell by MST3K with Joe
0: Don Baker, which was, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Joel's last episode and Mike's first. Are you? I can't remember.
1: I should go back and rewatch it. My, you know, my wife and I had our anniversary recently. Maybe I should say, hey, honey, let's have an anniversary date. And I, and I, and I surprise her by putting Mitchell on. Um, and so I just had this memory of like thinking, you know what? I think this girl's all right. You know, like, (laughs) like she likes mystery science theater. I think, I think there's something here. And, uh, (laughs) and it was just this bizarre experience. Like, like Mitchell has this really strange opening where it's Joe Don Baker's face. That's like slowly like in stop motion. He's like moving over the credits, like very slowly image by image by image so all the jokes that they were riffing on joe don baker during this opening sequence of the film was just so funny and they're just making fun of joe don baker the whole time i just i just love that movie so mittens an action film called mittens joe don baker is mittens is he's a cop Mithril?
0: oh wait it's mitchell oh the martha mitchell story joe don baker is martha mitchell yes. <laughs> looks like he's doing a Nixon. Movie looks like a middle-aged Chucky. He looks like the wrathful Buddha. He looks like the moon in A Trip to the Moon. <laughs> Man, I can't get my arms down. <laughs> now he looks like a smallmouth bass. <laughs> now he looks like he's in a wind tunnel. <laughs> well, um, maybe he's doing Tai Chi or something. Mitchell's on the corner. Mitchell. Mitchell! I seem to remember, I could be wrong about this, but like this is going back to my you know teenage days. W- remember reading at the time that Joe Don Baker, like, hated their guts for what they did to him in that episode <laughs>
1: oh it's funny anyway joe don baker and mystery science theater i owe you my marriage there you go
0: well there you go that's great okay all right well when we return we're going to shift gears and talk about another legacy project that was recently released to theaters and as of this recording has become the biggest movie of the year top gun maverick But first, it's time for another Delusions of Grandeur. And now it's time for Delusions of Grandeur with Chevy Chase. Oh,
2: those wonderful movies. Good God. That was my mark of success, getting into the movies and making them funny. I could really write my own stuff uh, in movies and tell people where to go and whatnot. Telling people where to go seemed important to him then. If you're bent over like this, I'd probably feel... A hundred percent. Moon River, and still seems to be now. Is that what you loved about him? Fletch was well, closest it, to you as a person.
1: Yeah, the uh, attitude. I don't know. I, I'm I'm getting too old to answer these things. Well,
2: smug. Yes, you his clashes with the creator and cast of Community, his last big role. Is that a cookie? Which led to his departure from the show after several seasons in 2012 we just the latest headlines dealing with Chase's conflicts and behavior, going all the way back to SNL.
0: When you read that stuff, when people like Chevy's been a jerk,
2: are those unfounded cheap shots?
1: I guess uh, you'd have to ask them. I don't give a crap. <laughs> what? Uh, I am who I am, and I like who I am.
2: I don't care, and it's part of
1: me that I don't care.
2: I've thought about that a lot, and I don't know what to tell you, man. I. I
0: just don't care. This has been Delusions of Grandeur with Chevy Chase, brought to you by the Nostalgic Future Podcast.
1: Do you want to
0: talk about my side of nostalgia here? Yeah, absolutely. You were off on a, a, a journey the last few weeks.
1: Yeah. You know, a couple of things. First, I visited my friend in New York City. And just having fun and, and you know, like we, we thought of some really ambitious things to do, like going to see Billy Joel, seeing the going to see the late show with Stephen Colbert. You know, we opted for just more low-key things. And one of the things that we did was we saw Top Gun Maverick.
2: This mission is gonna take you and your aircraft to the breaking point. Your skull crushing your spine your lungs imploding fighting just to keep from blacking out here we go no turning back now
1: we saw top gun maverick at an alamo draft house theater which a i guess you know we're always looking for uh we're always looking for uh sponsors here on the podcast, I guess I can be a sponsor. I would encourage you, Joe, if you ever get a chance, you would love the Alamo Drafthouse Theater. It's a very nostalgia focus. It's all about the love of film, old films. As you're walking into the theater, they have all kinds of old movie posters. And from what I gather, they even have them on rotation. And so the one that I was at, was in Brooklyn. It was all of these Kung Fu you know, movies, like old Kung Fu movies. Like I've never really even heard of them, but just fascinating. If you love all the kind of those 1970s, you know, cinema, the posters from it and stuff, it was just plastered everywhere. One thing that the, that Alamo Drafthouse does is they have a pre-show. And so Joe, like the the half an hour beforehand, they played the old, the music video from the song from Top Gun. They had uh, interviews with Tom Cruise, they had Bill Hader doing an impression of Tom Cruise, which is just hilarious. I think it's from—is it from Conan? I'm trying to remember. Bill Hader doing Tom Cruise. So he comes
2: over and he sits next to me, and I think he had been briefed on some of the mm-hmm. supporting guys, but uh, he was like trying to place me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he sat down next to me. He's like, "I, uh... <laughs> I love your work." <laughs> <laughs> And I went, oh, thanks. Uh, I love your work, too, Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know,
1: like, thanks.
2: <laughs> and uh, I go, yeah, you know, I'm friends with Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen. And they went to your house. And I went, yes, yes, yes. I, uh, they did come to my house. And I said, uh, Seth Rogen was like, you know, it was amazing. He has, like, a, you know, a bike track in his backyard. It's phenomenal. <laughs> and, and I did a Seth Rogen impression, and it was like I did a magic trick. Tom Cruise was like, yeah oh! <laughs> and he pointed to me, and he goes, you do impressions, and you're on Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like you want
1: a game show. He was like, yeah,
2: Tom!
0: I've seen that clip. That's
1: hilarious, yeah. It's it's just amazing. And they also had this crazy music video of, like, kids dancing to the Top Gun theme song. It was just nuts. It was, it was just incredibly cheesy, but it was just great. They had, uh, you know, the videos of, of, of commercials and all that kind of thing. Anyway... All which is to say, it was this great uh, nostalgic experience. And what I want to point out about Top Gun is it's kind of the opposite at the moment. Who knows what they're going to do in the future? But it's kind of the opposite of all of these other reboots. There's only one reboot. And it took 30 years for us to get this revival, this sequel, this legacy sequel, okay? And Mystery Science Theater, I would argue... There's a reason like that show can just go and go and go. As long as there are bad movies, there's always going to be another reason to, to have another mystery science theater. And, you know, I, we get it. Like we grew up on comic books. We understand why there's so many Marvels, why there's so many star Wars. We understand the fantasy world. For some reason, for one reason or other, Tom Cruise decided there's no other reason to do another Top Gun. And it took him years to be convinced to see the need for another one. And so it's just kind of interesting. So all of which to say, there's that aspect of it, is the fact that there's only two Top Guns now. Who knows what they're going to do. Maybe this is a legacy sequel in the sense that they're going to hand it off to Goose's son. He goes by Rooster in the film. Spoiler alert, but he goes by Rooster. Uh, That's his call sign. That's really cheesy. Dad's Goose and his son's name is Rooster. Rooster, where are you? Hang in there.
2: All right, let's go.
1: Rooster is the son of Goose, who was
2: Maverick's wingman in the first Top Gun. I got you back. There's been some complicated history between Rooster and and Maverick. My dad believed in you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. He's an extremely intelligent and talented pilot. Jeez, Rooster, not that fast. But he has a lot to learn. Forget the book. Trust your instincts. So Rooster learns to test his own limits. Show me what you're made of.
1: Fight Sword! Here's what's funny about Top Gun. I watched Top Gun again as an adult, like a couple of years ago. because I was just curious about it. Like, I, you know, maybe this is a whole other thing a whole other episode. But I do, despite the rampant Scientology and the abuses of that church, which we could get into if you wanted to, uh, Leah Ramini has a whole documentary about the abuses of Scientology and, and why it's not a good thing. I love Tom Cruise. And I love the figure of Tom Cruise. I, lo- I love his on-screen presence. Uh, the Mission Impossible films are some of my favorite action movies of all times. I just, I just love those films. All of which is to say, like this movie didn't need to exist, and it very well just could have utterly sucked. And it didn't have to be as good as it is. And so I guess it's amazing that when these reboots happen, that they can actually manage to capture lightning in a bottle. Okay, I'll say this. A couple of years ago, I watched the original Top Gun and I just thought it was like so cheesy. It wasn't that good. Yes, there's a lot of iconic scenes and imagery. There's some of the great lines that people love to quote, you know, like I've got the need, the need for speed. I mean, there is, there's a lot of great stuff. There's Val Kilmer, you know, biting at Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that that part.
0: Yeah, I. so I'm trying to think. It's probably been... I know I've rewatched it as an adult. I'm going to say probably in my early to mid-20s. I watched it as a kid, probably a few times. I never really liked Top Gun all that much. It was like, it was a movie that my parents watched and I was probably in the room while they were watching it. So that's kind of the reason, like I know it's like the biggest movie in the world right now. And it's the one everybody's talking about. I just have no intention or desire even to go see that movie and like because i just never cared for the original and i have to admit i'm I'm not necessarily the tom cruise guy that you are i did i mean i'm trying to think of what tom cruise movies i've seen over the year and maybe i just haven't <laughs> been given him enough of a shot uh i mean i okay i i watch okay rain man
1: well see that's that's one of my favorite i mean rain man was a huge mega
0: influence on me as a
1: kid
2: this holiday season see the film that newsweek magazine calls fascinating touching and full of surprises dustin Hoffman's performance is mesmerizing tom cruise does the best acting of his career rain man People magazine says there's magic in it rated R starts Friday at a theater near you.
0: That was a great movie. Uh, I've seen Top Gun. I've seen, I feel like I saw cocktail as a kid and I probably shouldn't
1: have. (laughs) None of us should have seen cocktail, but yeah, I saw that too, but I can barely remember it. But uh...
0: I mean, I, I've seen maybe the first two mission impossible. You've talked about this before. I know you're super, super into the mission impossible movies. I think I've seen the first two, and then that's like it. I don't even know. How many are there now? Uh, 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 oh, uh, six. There's six. Okay, so I'm I'm a little behind. It could have been worse. And they just
1: get better as they go on, basically. Four, five, and six are amazing.
0: I guess what I'm asking you, as somebody who really has no interest in it, should I go see Top Gun Maverick? Absolutely not.
1: I mean, um, <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to side with Martin Scorsese. He calls Marvel a theme park ride. I enjoyed the theme park ride of Top Gun. It is so well executed. One of the ways that I put it is, you you know how uh, to go back to Indiana Jones, what makes Indiana Jones really interesting is the MacGuffin. It's the quest. It's the thing that he's trying to capture and bring back. And I would say the reason Top Gun works is because the mission the mission that they all go on is the MacGuffin. It's the thing that we're all like, oh, well, can they do it? Can they accomplish the mission? And guess what? They, they, they basically accomplished they accomplished the, the mission with some hitches in it. No, you don't need to see it. But you also don't need to go on a roller coaster ride at Disney World either. You, know, you can just stay home. And so it's just kind of like, it's more of a question, Joe, of like, Do you like fun rides? Do you like fun rides? This is a fun ride. Go on the fun ride.
0: I guess it's a question that because there's so much media out there right now, there's so many options. It's it's like, do I want to go to Disney? Maybe I want to go to Universal this time.
1: Yeah. You can ride the Harry Potter ride if you really wanted to, you know, whatever. Right. There's no obligation. What I think is fascinating is I think this movie is better than the original Top Gun. It's a better plot. Uh, Maybe not, you know, like, Val Kilmer's in the movie, but I miss the old Val Kilmer. I'm sad. He's, he's an old aging Val Kilmer. And it's really bittersweet. This movie actually is, is touching in, in a very good way. So it's not all just action and, you know, spinning around in the sky.
0: I, I will say that one of my favorite Saturday Night Live sketches of all time was when Val Kilmer hosted. Did you ever see when he did his Top Gun sketch? I'll have to go watch it. It was Iceman, The Later Years, <laughs> where, where, where he's a commercial airline pilot. Oh, I like that. That's oh, it, it, it's it's amazing. Definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and so all of which is to say, A, this Top Gun didn't have to nearly be as good as it was. And B, if we fast forward 20 years, are we going to be like, oh, Top Gun 12 is coming out. Yay. <laughs> Tom Cruise, you know, wheels his wheelchair up or his, his walker. He's like, you go get him, you know? <laughs>
0: Well yeah that, and that's kind of what we were talking about in the first half of the show that like they they're kind of opening Pandora's box here with these bringing these franchises back and like they're turning everything into these just open-ended universes that just we're just going to die before they end and yeah. there's no there's no fulfillment there like there's no sense of satisfaction of, of having, having completed something. One of the things that I love going back to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul now I say this with hesitation, <laughs> you know, they could do a, another spin-off and mm. another one. And I, of course I would watch it. Kimmy Wexler, the early years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, well, the, the one everybody's been talking about now is you know, they need to do a, a Gus Fring, you know, prequel of young Gus Fring, which to me would be compelling. Yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah. I don't know, like one of the things about better call Saul to me that I'm enjoying so much is the fact that we are leading up to the end of something that there is going to be this sense as sad as I'm going to be for the show to be over. And I am going to be sad. There's also going to be this sense of like, we've just completed this journey and I don't get that sense of satisfaction from star Wars anymore.
1: Yeah. I think you said with crow, you said, I'm learning how to let go. I think there's a beauty in all of our beloved stories of learning how to let go. Now we can't stop the Disney machine We can't stop the Marvel machines.
0: Somebody's got to stop them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, the way that we stop them is that we we don't sign up for the streaming service or we we just lose interest in it. And maybe we're at that point. You know, I think I'm going to continue watching Star Wars, but I'm I'm enjoying it. It is that that law of diminishing returns. I'm enjoying it less and less. Disney owns me and they know it. Yeah. (sighs) At the same time, we're talking about. The, I think it's also it's a call to artists as well and to creative people, the makers of, of the things that we endure, to be willing to let something stand on its own. I mean, I, you know, we don't think of Tom Cruise as being somebody with artistic integrity, but it is kind of interesting that he said, listen, I, I have no reason to do another Top Gun. And he had to, like, be convinced of the story, of the reason to do it.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you made that statement and somewhere Tom Cruise was just got this chill, like, what the heck?
1: <laughs> what the heck what are they doing i could show you um i have my edge of tomorrow uh blu-ray over here have you ever seen edge of tomorrow
0: i have not i saw half of minority report i love minority report. i know a I, I really enjoyed the half i watched i <laughs> need to watch the rest of it
1: minority report and edge of tomorrow are just brilliant
0: sci-fi i rode through the set of war of the worlds on my honeymoon that was it was a universal studios on the tour there and then we saw the plane wreck and the you know the name it was a really cool set the movie was like in theaters i think right like right when we were on our honeymoon so it was like summer uh, of uh, 2005 but i have never seen the movie (laughs) did they have
1: the uh did they have the set of eyes wide shut there as well
0: (laughs) i don't i I think i'd remember that no Eyes
1: wide shut the universal ride. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go vanilla sky the right vanilla
1: sky yeah i yeah i've seen all those movies i guess i'm a, i'm a pretty I haven't,
0: I haven't seen any of them
1: oh okay okay all right.
0: I, I'm, I'm telling you I, I i i days of
1: thunder i think i saw that like when i was again eight
0: last samurai
1: i'm just i'm just going here
0: bro. Ne- never seen it he was in Austin Powers 3. He had a cameo. I oh, saw that.
1: No, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Austin Powers 3. So you've got me on that one. You've got me on that
0: one. It, it wasn't very good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talked about uh, one of your greatest fears is that they're going to reboot Wayne's World.
0: That is, yeah. That's. You saw the commercials they did, right? Yeah. They should never bring it back. They're, nah. they're, we're, we're good. It, they're done. Know. Tonight, I'll be eating a calzone
1: from Doughballs in Aurora. Rock on Tonight I'll be eating lobster
0: thermidor au gratin. Really? Yeah. That monkey's my fly out of my butt. Make it two calzones. There's something about those characters in their old age I just don't need to see. Like I'm I'm cool. The commercials, they're cute, they're funny, but I they're not great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe Dana Carvey could make it pathetic enough in a funny way, but but Myers, I don't know if he's capable of it.
0: Dana Carvey's one of my favorite human beings on the face of the earth. <laughs> And I like Mike Myers, but I don't have quite as much confidence in Mike Myers to make me laugh as I do with
1: Dana Carvey. No, I don't think so. But, you know, we all know they're out there. They're listening to this podcast. So I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. There. Let's take it home today. Joe, what do we want to do our next episode? We haven't even talked Uh, about it. I think
0: we're going to have to do a Tom Cruise episode where I like watch his entire filmography in the month. (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. You should do it.
0: I'll, I'll do it when you catch up on the mcu how does that sound
1: oh no oh i was re- i was joking to my friend that i think the greatest superhero of the last 50 years is just the character tom cruise he he is the best superhero of the last 50 years you can't match him <laughs> nobody runs like tom cruise nobody climbs rocks nobody is flung from buildings and helicopters
0: like Tom. Cruise. nobody jumps on couches like tom cruise that was epic how do you top that? <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I do remember when he cussed out his entire crew for COVID. Yeah. What was it's the mission what, Impossible seven? Was that the movie they were making? Yep. And it, it's,
1: it's the one that's coming out next summer. He was like, yeah, he's laying down the law. <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, thanks so much for listening to us as we've gone on and on about reboots and revivals. These past two episodes, Check us out on Instagram. We're Nostalgic Future Podcast. And also, I don't think we've mentioned this before, but we're also on YouTube. You can listen to all of the shows on YouTube. But we've also got some videos you can check out. Uh, A couple segments from our recent interview with Peter Dyseth from Better Call Saul. You can actually watch video versions of uh, some of that interview on YouTube right now. And so uh, please like and subscribe to Nostalgic Future Podcast on YouTube. All right, until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Nostalgic Future Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at nostalgicfuturepodcast at gmail.com. We may just read your letter on an upcoming show. Follow us on social media, Nostalgic Future Podcast on Facebook and at PastFuturePod on Twitter. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review to help support what we do. Until next time, remember, the past is the only way forward. Just waiting for Captain Kazansky. Wait, not Tom Kazansky. The ex-Navy fighter pilot who always brags about going to that Top Gun school like 15 years ago? I guess. Is there a problem?
2: Yeah, there's a problem. You, because you're dangerous. You're dangerous and foolish, and that makes you dangerous. Now let's cut the crap. Got a plane to fly. Okay. Listen to me, you're out of line. Your ego's writing checks your body can't cash, and that makes you dangerous. So was that decaf or regular, Tom? Regular, and it's Iceman. Right, yeah. Bogey, repeat bogey, coming up on our six. He's got tone.
0: That's the 935 out of Tampa. Taxiing.
2: You guys are dangerous. Tom, I'm going to ask you to stop saying that.